0: Moving along, the positions now to second base. Welcome, everybody. Tuesday, February 21st. Hope you all had a great, long weekend, President's Day. Did you guys have
1: fun, Al? I did, I did. Did you do anything cool? Mm, not anything cool. I just hung out and uh, enjoyed the beautiful weather here in South yeah, Florida. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And More than just a President's
2: Day weekend, you might remember this time a year ago, I was absent we're getting from me? podcasting responsibilities. we you getting married or something? Yes, I was. was. it was an anniversary, yes, huh? It was. Anniversary number one. What'd you do? Just like a dinner? Uh, we had a nice little staycation, went to the beach, went to the art festival here in South Florida. So it was a good good weekend.
0: Wonderful. Well, also some news from around baseball. You Tell me real quick if you guys care for mixed league purposes. A.J. Burnett is a pirate.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Don't care? Okay Well, no, I mean, I think there might be a little bit He could salvage going to the weaker league He still throws hard I'm just not sure he's ever gonna Get what he needs to get to take that next step forward So I'm still avoiding him in mixed leagues
1: Manny Ramirez is in Oakland A Likewise, because he's got the suspension first And, you know, there's a crowded outfield DH situation there We don't know what he can give you Even with the fall season, so lots of risk 50-game
0: suspension for the cheater for Mayor Ramirez for performance enhancing drugs. All right, follow us on Twitter: Al Milk CBS. That's at Al M E L C At CBS Scott White. At Adam Azer A I Z E R. At CBS Fantasy BB. Facebook dot com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball. And send us an email. We'll read some a little bit later. Fantasy Baseball at, CB, at CBS Interactive.com. Fantasy Baseball at CBS You're going to want to put podcasts in the subject line, though. So, again, it's Fantasy Baseball at CBS So, we go with the second base preview now. We did first base last week. And we'll talk about how deep this position is or how shallow it is. We'll talk about strategies in head to head leagues, roto leagues, auctions. And we'll just kind of go through some players and talk about them. Going to read the uh, top 20 rankings in roto with their auction values. Dustin Pedroia, twenty-eight dollars. Robinson Cano, twenty-seven. Ian Kinsler, twenty-three. Let me stop right there, guys. Do you see a drop-off from Cano to Kinsler? Because the dollar value is very similar with Pedroia and Cano, then a four-dollar difference with Kinsler. And those three were year, like light years ahead of the rest of the pack last year. And Kinsler, in fact, was number one in head-to-head.
2: So, what do you think, Scott? Well, look at the next drop off is what I would. Point oh yeah, out. yeah, that's huge. <laughs> from yeah. Kinsler to Ben Zobrist. I I group those three: Pedroia, Cano, and Kinsler as my top tier. I think uh, what separates Kinsler is he's more of an injury risk. Last year was the first time he played more than 145 games, and so you can't necessarily expect him to be around all season. But if he is, he showed you what he can do last year, and and I see him as no less than. Um, a mid second rounder in, in standard drafts this year. Okay, so it's Pedroia,
0: Cano, Kinsler at $23, Zobrist at 16, Ricky Weeks 14, Chase Utley 13, Dan Ugla 13, Brandon Phillips 13, Howard Kendrick 11, and then number 10, Ryan Roberts at $11. Followed by Jamal Weeks, Dustin Ackley, Neil Walker, Kelly Johnson, Danny Espinosa, Aaron Hill, Jason Kipnis, Daniel Murphy, Jose Altuve, Johnny Giavitella. So let's start out with big differences in head-to-head and roto. For first base, we said really not pretty much the same rankings. But in head-to-head and roto, for second baseman, there are a lot of differences. Dustin Ackley, 8th in head-to-head, 12th in roto. Ricky Weeks, 7th in head-to-head, 5th in roto. Chase Utley, ninth in head-to-head, 6th in roto. Uh, there's a few more on the list, but is, who jumps out at you guys, Al, as a big difference in Roto and head-to-head in terms of their value?
1: I think the biggest uh, one for me that jumps out is the other Weeks, Jamile Weeks, um, who could be a Roto stud, but I still have some questions about his uh, head-to-head value. Um, yeah, I think he's maybe a – well, you, you could draft him in head-to-head, but he's much more of a lower-end guy, which is – you know, but as a Roto second baseman, he's clearly in that second tier. I would actually say Ackley is the one with the biggest
2: difference for me because I expect the doubles and triples. I don't necessarily expect uh, the number of homers that would put him among the top 10 second basemen like you see in the head-to-head rankings. Also a good walker there. Uh, I'm I'm going to disagree with Jamiah Weeks because I think he did show good extra base ability. And, and as long as a base stealer has that, I, I feel like there, there's not as much of a difference in uh, in Roto and head-to-head. Okay. At, at least not in our head-to-head scoring with the two points of steal. Fantasynews.cbssports.com.
0: That's where you want to go to see all of our rankings. There are a lot of players with dual position eligibility. <laughs> and It's a real who's who. Guys like Robert Andino and Logan Forsyth, Alberto Gonzalez. and I mean, there are so many guys. I think a couple that stand out would be Daniel Murphy. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Ryan Roberts is third base eligible. Um, there are a few guys who are outfield eligible, Ben Zobrist, for example. So let's get into this position. Deep position, shallow position, what do
1: you think, Al. It's pretty deep, actually. Um, think so? I think mean, Yeah. I mean, you've got – look, compared to what we're used to, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm stuck in, you know, the the Pleistocene era or something, you know, thinking, oh, there's, there's really not a lot of good, you know, high-level high talent at second base. But, I mean, we have that top three, you know, that we already talked about, Pedroia, Cano, Cano, and Kinsler, who are all um, potential first-rounders. So Pedroia and Cano, I think, are certain first-rounders. And um, I really like the second tier. It's very, very deep. Um, I would, is it too early maybe to start talking about our no, tiers? Or? No, go for it. Cause I would go, I would start with Zobrist and, um, and I think he has the potential to, you know, close that gap with Kinsler, but he, to me, he starts off the second tier and I would take it all the way down to Ackley, who is our 12th rated, uh, second baseman in, in Roto. I mean, I don't see a whole lot that separates those guys and in terms of head to head points, you're really talking about, especially if you take Zobrist out of it. You're really talking about a, a 50 point span separating uh, nine nine players. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I think it's it's deep to to a point. I, if you're talking about a 12 team league where every team starts one second baseman, you're going to find. A, all 12 of those teams are going to be pretty happy with their second basement. Well, when you start looking deeper than that, you start talking AL ALNL, you start talking more teams, you start throwing in middle infield spots, then it can start to get iffy. Um, it, it's really those, those kind of bottom feeders at the position where you, you say, okay, there, there's really not much left here at second base. And I think you'll see that reflected in, in our sleepers. I, I know I'm not going to have as many sleepers at this position as I had at first base. Um, but just to get into my tiers a little, yeah, I we talked about the top three there, um, Padroy, Cano, Kinsler. Next, I have Zobrist in a tier of his own, so I might be kind of subdividing Al's tiers here, because uh, then after that I go Weeks, Utley, Ugla, Brandon Phillips, and then another tier with Howard Kendrick, Ryan Roberts, Jemile Weeks, and Dustin Ackley. And then after that is where you're talking about fallback options and, and guys you... Mostly don't want like a Kelly Johnson or a Danny Espinosa,
0: guys like that. Um, so who's your Eric Hosmer? Because when we talked about first baseman, he seemed to be a guy that you kind of wanted to target. If you couldn't get one of the elite ones, you seemed to be happy with him with like a fifth, maybe a fourth or fifth round pick, or maybe fifth or sixth, more accurate.
2: Yeah, fifth or sixth, more accurate. I, okay, who's your Hosmer? I would say there's not exactly an Eric Hosmer at second base. There are some guys I'm I, I'm. You know, like more as fallback options than others, but this is a position where I'm going to be more likely to go for the Pedroia, Cano, or Kinsler at the top, or Zobrist after that. Um, Dustin Ackley's a guy I think who could take a step forward. I have him uh, start as a potential breakout if he is able to uh, translate some of those doubles and triples into homers. I think he could have a big season in store. Um, And and I don't mind falling back on Jamile Weeks either if it comes to that because we saw a couple homers at the end of last season. I feel like there's a little more extra base pop than he showed us last year to go along with those steals. So I guess those would be my two guys, but... I'm not nearly as confident as I am in them starting for me at second base as I am Hosmer at first base.
0: So Al, what's your strategy? Is there a guy that you're willing to wait on? Is there somebody you really like or what?
1: Yeah, you know, I guess I am willing to wait up to a point, and I don't feel like this really varies too much from what Scott was saying, but if I miss out on one of the big three, and I think they'll, they'll come at a pretty high cost. I'm, I'm pretty happy if I wind up with, let's say, Howard Kendrick. Uh, I mean, there's, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a big difference between Ian Kinsler and Howard Kendrick, but if I can take some of the resources that would have gone towards the top flight, second baseman and put it somewhere else, and I can wind up with, uh, Kendrick, uh, or maybe Ackley as my second baseman, I'm pretty happy because, um, I, I don't really see the point in, uh, reaching for Utley or Ugla I have reached for Ricky Weeks already, actually, in some some drafts, and I may want to rethink that going forward. So, yeah, I think there's enough quality as you get down towards the 10th, 11th, 12th best guy that it it pays to wait.
0: Okay, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Kinsler in the second round or, let's say, Ricky Weeks in the sixth round?
2: Kinsler in the second or Weeks in the sixth? I'm going to say kinsler in the second but I, I think that's pretty much the appropriate
1: spot for both yeah i, I would agree and, and if i answer that question based on my actions i'm saying weeks because i've i've done that already um but th- that's one of those moves where i've looked back and and thought that probably was not a smart move
0: oh look at this the draft i'm looking at this is the one you did that in you took Ricky <laughs> Weeks, in, in this sixth round howard kendrick in this round this is our 12 team mixed head-to-head league the draft available on our website right now if you want to check it out. Howard Kendrick went with the last pick of the eighth round. So Kendrick in the, with the last pick of the eighth or Kinsler in the second?
2: Uh, that would be a case where i definitely take Kinsler. To me, that sixth-round spot for Weeks versus the eighth-round spot for Kendrick doesn't seem like... You think Kendrick should go later?
1: Comparatively to Weeks, yeah, I think so. Al? See, okay, if it's... To me, the interesting question is the one that Scott poses, the Kendrick versus Weeks one. I would go Kendrick there because I think he's, he's a little underrated. I, you know, I could use that sixth round spot probably more wisely than Weeks. But all being said, if I have an opportunity to take Kinsler in the second, especially mid to late second round, I'm probably doing it. I, I mean,
2: I think there's definitely validity, validity to that basic approach. I've seen it. In a couple of our drafts, I know I've ended up with Dan Ugla just because he kept falling and falling and falling. And and like I said, in a 12-team league, everybody's starting one second baseman. You're going to get somebody pretty good. So there's a chance somebody could end up falling like that. And if you end up waiting, you're probably going to be okay. Who's the first second baseman off the board for you? Uh, for me, it's Pedroia. I know the consensus is still Cano because he's kind of been up there for a while now and is, hasn't really done anything to lose the spot, but I think Pedroia is almost as good in batting average, almost as good as pow- in power, much better in walk-to-strikeout and much better in steals.
1: Head-to-head, head, it's actually no contest in favor of Pedroia. Roto, uh, I, I probably would go, could go Pedroia there as well, but it's very, very close. Yeah, the thing about
0: Pedroia and Kinsler, among second basemen last year, they had the most steals. The two of them, you know, Kinsler had 30, and Pedroia had 26. Uh, let's see, Brandon or Ben Zobers had 19. Brandon Phillips had 14, 21 for Aaron Hill, uh, 22 for Jamile Weeks. So you're getting steals with Kinsler and and Pedroia. If you take Cano, you only got eight steals last year. He's not a speed guy, so you're probably going to have to compensate if you're in Roto, for steals with somebody else, right? If you take Cano with your first pick? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. He They both went in the first round in uh, each of our head-to-head and Roto mock drafts that I'm looking at here. Pedroia in the uh, Roto League, he went 8th, and Cano went 12th, and in the head-to-head league, they went 10th and 11th, Pedroia, and then Cano. Pedroia went after
2: Ellsbury, before Granderson, before Adrian Gonzalez in a Roto League. Are you guys okay with that? I'm okay if you're going the position scarcity route. I haven't been in that position myself yet in a draft. I could see myself doing that, but my my initial reaction is to think, well, Ellsbury and Gonzalez are both better than Pedroia. So I, I guess I'm, I'm going to say advise against doing that. But at the same time, I could see myself doing that if I wanted to make sure I had a stud second baseman.
0: Now, how do you approach steals if you're in Roto and you want to get steals? This is a position that has a lot of guys who get a solid amount of stolen bases.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's why you know, I said that it's close between Pedroia and Cano uh, in, in Rotisserie. But I would give the edge to Pedroia. And I think this is an opportunity that this position to fill your steals needs so that you can stress about it less when you're obviously when you take your first baseman or maybe even when you're taking your, your outfielder or, or third baseman. So, um, you know, I think this is, you know, I, I look, I wouldn't be single-minded about going for steals, uh, uh, for second base, but it's definitely close enough to top of mind that, like I say, I give an edge to somebody like Pedroia over Cano, or if you've got, uh, you know, a similar conundrum, like, uh, I don't know, Ugla versus Phillips, maybe I want to talk about
0: um, auction strategies, and then will I'll throw out some names at you guys, and you can give me your thoughts on a number of players. But in an auction, Scott, are you going to be the guy who overspends for Pedroia or Cano? Or Kinsler? Or Kinsler.
2: Probably one of those three, or Zobrist. In an auction, I, I imagine I'd probably make a point to buy one of those four. Yeah, likewise. Ben Zobrist. Talk to me about Ben Zobrist.
0: So this guy was number four in Roto and head-to-head last year. His name just doesn't carry the same weight that those top three names do, Um, but he
1: was really, really good last year. Are you buying it, Al? Uh, Not entirely, which is why I don't put him in the same category as the top three of Pedroia Cano and and Kinsler, and I think my doubts come from the 2010 season uh which you know was sandwiched by two really good years um but i think there's just enough doubt that there's there's you know just not the length and consistency of his track record as compared to the top guys and even kinsler has had his consistency as and and as you mentioned his health issues but um yeah i mean he just because the consistent track record isn't there in the same way is he a clear number four though for you Yes, he is. Okay, but there's, you know, you, you put it well, Scott, by saying that he's sort of in a tier by himself. I mean, there is there is some distance on both sides of him. I, I see. Last
2: year was him kind of splitting the difference between 2009, crazy off the charts numbers that you can't expect him to repeat again. In 2010, he clearly had that neck issue going on. Hit under 200 in the second half that's not gonna happen again. So last year, you know, batting average in the two sixty to two seventy range, twenty twenty guy who walks a lot, I think that's exactly who Ben Zoberst is. So I, I I would say I trust him a little more. I'll talk about
0: Ricky Weeks. He only played 118 games last season and only one season of more than 129 games.
1: Yeah, that's that's the issue in a nutshell with Weeks, but uh the the tantalizing upside that I, you know, went up af- went for in the one draft that you pointed out is uh, you know, really good power at this position especially within that second tier where uh, you know, other than than Dan Ugla, you you're really dealing with uh, mediocre power numbers at best. I'm going to tell you what scares me though about Weeks. No fielder, probably no brawn for fifty games. Is he going to see anything to hit? Yeah, no. I mean, that's a really good issue to bring up. I mean, it's just one more element of risk that you have to uh, take into account with with him, and you know, and with just about anybody in that lineup.
0: Okay, uh, Chase Utley, thirty-three years old, one hundred and three games in two thousand eleven,
2: one hundred and fifteen in two thousand ten. Can I go ahead and say I have him <laughs> pegged as one of my busts? I think we too. had him as
0: a bust last year too.
2: Yeah. So, and he
0: finished fifteenth in head-to-head rankings and sixteenth in road up.
2: I I guess that probably worked out pretty well then. <laughs> yeah. I, I I see him continuing that same downward trend at his age, and and I think I I don't think you can trust him to stay healthy for a full season anymore, particularly since he's a middle infielder. Uh, the powers have been st- The power numbers have been steadily declining. The batting average steadily declining. It's it's the same story for most of that Phillies. Uh, middle of the lineup, they're just on their way out as upper-end fantasy options. Dan Ugla. Now, this is a guy
0: that I kind of targeted when we did our head-to-head draft. I think
2: I ended up with him. Um, To me, there's a big drop-off in power after Ugla. Well, there certainly is. I I would say that that's probably something more to keep in mind for Roto than (laughs) head-to-head because... Uh, Ugla's a sneaky way to get a a surefire 30-homer guy in the middle rounds.
0: Yeah, so I took him in the middle of round seven in a head-to-head league. He went after Dustin Ackley, who went four or five picks before him, after Ricky Weeks, before Howard Kendrick. I personally, if I could do it again, I'd be perfectly happy with that. I would rather have him... Um, than Ackley and rather have him than Kendrick and then Weeks I think would be a little bit too injury prone for me but Al what do you think about uh, Dan Ugla?
1: Yeah I I think he could maybe be just a little bit of a sleeper this year because he had that horrific first half which was Really out of character for him. I mean, the power was there, but not in the way that you can expect it to be. And of course, the batting average was—you know—we we don't look to Dan Ugla as a batting average guy, but it was ridiculously low. It was then, under two hundred for the first three months of the year. Yeah, and, and, and then just went crazy, and, and, and then the he went yeah, exactly. And look, I mean, you know, the, the reality is somewhere in the middle, but it is closer to the guy that we saw in the second half. And I mean, he's had seasons where he's been a good batting average guy, and he's had seasons where he's been a good on-base guy. And it's hard to to two peg. years ago. Yeah, not long ago. A two eighty over two eighty hitter. So, so um, yeah, there's obviously some some inconsistency there. That's a concern, but I don't think you have to worry about him just going off the table like he did uh, the first half of last season.
0: Well, right now, on average, he's going in round
2: five. How does that sound to you guys?
1: Fifth round. Yeah,
2: I'm surprised to hear it because <laughs> I am too. That's not the way our expert mock drafts have been going. Going lower than that, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got him. I've gotten him as late as round nine, or and I know I got him in round seven in another league, like like you did.
0: So and if you can get him in round seven or later. That seems like good value. right? Yeah,
2: and I think five is is appropriate.
0: Okay, let's move on to Brandon Phillips. He was the fifth ranked second baseman in both formats last year. He hit three hundred eighteen homers, eighty two runs batted in, fourteen steals, and
2: one hundred fifty games. Scott. Yeah, I think the main thing to look at with Phillips is is just the way. Just a few years ago, this guy was a 30-30 guy, and then he became a 20-20 guy, and then last year, he wasn't either. So, he wasn't even... What, 18-14 guy. Yeah, 18-14. <laughs> so, barely a 15... Well, not even a fit because he didn't get the steals. So, mm. yeah, clearly These this isn't... the 14-14 This isn't club. the five-category guy uh, we, we've talked about in the past. I think you add up his contributions, um, there's still enough there that he deserves this ranking in a head-to-head league but i think there he is at risk of going earlier in a roto league just because of his numbers in previous years that that's not to say he can't rebound in either of those categories going forward uh particularly the home runs but i think the days of him being a 30 steel guy at his age they need him as a middle of the order player uh, i i don't think that's going to happen again ugler phillips I think it's it 's Ugla for sure this year. Um, I feel like those two guys have been competing with each other for <laughs> for the same spot in the rankings the last few years now, but i 'd say Ugla
1: definitely has the advantage are uh, uh, Phillips or would you rather wait on Kendrick uh I would wait rather wait on Ke- Kendrick and the Ugla Phillips one you know I made the comment earlier if you 're you know faced with a conundrum and you need steals i i Said, you know, I would go for Phillips. That really, to me, they're so close that that's a situation where I look at my roster and see where I need to fill a need.
0: Fair enough. Howard Kendrick, by the way, is outfield eligible. That's nice to have. Ryan Roberts is third base eligible. Ryan Roberts was ninth in head to head, eighth in roto last year, Al.
1: Yeah, and I think that he could fall in the same. Uh, same region again this year and I I would guess that a lot of people will come in this year expecting him to drop off because he wasn't even really expected to have a regular role last year he he bounced around the minors a lot but he always showed that really good power potential and as long as he's eligible at second base that makes him a pretty valuable guy and uh, you know the way that third base is this year I mean he's even pretty valuable there. And how about Jamal Weeks and
0: Dustin Ackley? I'm going to lump them together. They're both young guys. They're unproven. You never know what you're going to get from these types of players. They have a lot of potential, though. Who's, are you afraid of
2: either of these guys? I'm not afraid. Not for the place you'd be drafting them. I, I think they can only exceed their draft position. And certainly in, in Ackley's case, I expect him to. In Weeks' case, I, I think it's a definite possibility also. Who do you like better? Ackley. In both formats? Uh, I'm going to say in both formats, because I think Jamile Weeks might be a little overrated with the steals, and Ackley might be a little underrated with the steals. They might be closer in that category than people think. Al, would you rather have Ricky Weeks in round
1: seven, or Jamile Weeks in round 13? Oh, weeks? I can't come up with a good alliterative. What us <laughs> start with the W. The Weeks wager, I guess. All right, so seven versus 13. I think I'd go Ricky in, in seven. seventh? Yeah. Okay, then
0: uh, we'll move on to, you know, some of these guys here I know are sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So we can actually get into that now. Al, who are some sleepers for you? I see just one on the list here.
1: Yeah, and really it just is, is one. I guess maybe two because, again, we talked about this with first base where there's a little bit of slipperiness with uh, breakouts and sleepers. But to me, the, the the clearest sleeper guy who could just come out of nowhere and, and make an impact is Johnny Giafitella, um, who is, you know, really – He's probably going to go undrafted in a lot of leagues, but he's a guy that I think you could snag in the later rounds or at least target as a, as a waiver-slash-reserve guy. And I think he could make huge leaps and bounds above what he did after getting called up last year because he didn't hit for average, but that's something he did consistently as a minor leaguer. Johnny G Yeah. All right, he's number 20, Kansas City second
0: baseman, number 20 in the Roto rankings, and in the head-to-head rankings also number 20.
2: Sleeper Scott? Just one? However many you'd like. I, Daniel Murphy is going to be where I start. Hit over 300 last year, and I think you can expect him to sustain that performance. The Mets say he's going to be their starting second baseman, and the fences are coming in at City Field. I think he was going to be one of the players who benefits most. We've seen him hit for decent power in the past as a 300 hitting 15 homer guy. I mean, it's second base. You you really can't ask for much more than that.
0: And he's eligible at first base, second base, and third base. Very versatile guy. I
2: I think health is actually the biggest issue with him because we saw it last year, and he's he's had trouble staying healthy at second base, um, taken out on slides a lot of times. Nah, just play him at third then. (laughs) Well, (laughs) move that other guy. They kind of got that David Wright guy (laughs) there. Yeah, I think you're going to get your wish.
0: Yeah. Maybe. They should have traded Reyes. What were they thinking? I can't believe they didn't trade Reyes. How stupid are they?
2: Anyway, um, (laughs) any other sleepers? Yeah, I'll go with uh, one more without going too deep, Um, and and that's Gordon Beckham. Oh. Yeah, I I think he's a completely forgotten man now, which is why I include him in this category. I can't really explain what went so wrong for him last year and then really got a lump in the year before with that. Clearly just too... Bad, bad years for a player who looked like he was going to be a stud at this position for years to come. And I think that track record, you still have to, or not that track, that pedigree, you still have to give some credit. Um, We're going to be working with a new hitting coach, a new coaching staff entirely this season. Uh, So I'm at least hopeful that they'll be able to straighten him out and tap into that potential, I think, as a late-round flyer. Why not take a chance on Gordon Beckham? Gordon Beckham or Ryan Rayburn? Definitely Beckham. Gordon Beckham or Jose Altuve? I would
1: also say Beckham. Al? Altuve. I am not uh, at all convinced that Beckham is going to be worth the risk. If I'm going with a late-round guy, I think I'd rather go with somebody who's had success more recently like Altuve or even Givitella. Well,
2: I will say that I do like Altuve also. I, getting into those deeper guys, I actually had him flagged here as an NL
1: only we Okay, guy, we'll, we'll get but, into that
0: um let's do breakouts al neil walker is uh, your breakout second baseman
1: yeah i think so and he fits the pattern of a guy that i like to target as a breakout which is you know first of all he's getting into the peak years, you know, just pre-peak, um, where you typically do see breakouts. And he's had sort of a checkered major league career so far where he's shown us power. He's shown us some ability to hit for average, to drive in runs, but he's he's had trouble putting it together. But all the skills, the requisite skills are there, the contact skills, the power skills. And I think given where he is developmentally, that Walker can, can bring them together this season.
0: Now does he – he gets drafted in mixed leagues, right? Like – uh uh, yeah, I got him in round 12 on average. So, Neil Walker going right around the same time as Dustin Ackley before Jamile Weeks. You like him better or worse than Ackley and Weeks?
1: I do not like him better than Ackley. Um, I do like him better than Weeks in, in head-to-head.
0: Yeah, Walker was the number seven head-to-head second baseman last year and number nine in Roto. Um, so, keep that in mind. He's number 13 in our rankings. Uh, let's move on to Scott's breakout or breakouts, however many you would
2: like. Well, we've, we've talked enough about Dustin Ackley and Jamile Weeks, so I'll just say their obvious names there. And, and then the only other one I have here is Jason Kipnis, uh, who we've also talked about some in, in previous podcasts. I, I'm not necessarily buying the amount of power he showed in, in such a short period of time last year, but I think Judging from his minor league track record, he he's more likely to hit for a higher batting average, draw more walks, um, and, and really he was he contributed a decent number of steals last year that I think could continue. Um, I'm not necessarily predicting a 2020 season for him this year, although I think that's possible down the line. How about an 18-14, <laughs> <laughs> an 18-14 season I could see, a 15-15 season I can see, and from a guy who who theoretically should walk. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a starting caliber player pretty much in any format. So I like Jason Kipnis
1: and Al doesn't. I do not. I mean, and again, <laughs> it's not that I. Don't like him on an absolute level or as a human being either for that matter. <laughs> but just in terms of where I see expectations coming in for him this year, and, and I mean, you know, Scott, you said that you, you're not sure about the power. I mean, I absolutely don't see where that – well, I see where the power came from. It was, you know, seven home runs and 150 plate appearances. That's a really small sample, and it doesn't match up with anything that he's done as a minor leaguer. I do agree that you know he can probably do a little better than a two seventy two batting average, but not necessarily. i'm not banking on him to hit much above two eighty if that because a lot of those three hundred plus averages he put up as a minor leaguer were BABIP inflated and not not a lot to back it up and um well, the good thing is you don 't have to bank on it because he 's cheap yeah well that's i mean that 's true i mean i don't want it to over dramatize it, but by the same token if you know i 'm looking for a, a you know a late round guy i just think that his chances of underperforming his 150 plate appearances last year are much much greater than his chances of matching or overperforming them and i'd rather go with the more proven entity like uh you know a Danny Espinosa would you rather go with a Johnny G. Vitella? closer than you'd think but Kipnis still does have a little more upside uh i i'd, I'd put them pretty close
0: well he uh kipnis is one of your busts along with Danny Espinosa Espinosa was the number 10 fantasy second baseman in both formats, and he's number 15 in our preseason rankings, and he's a bust for Al. What don't you like about Danny Espinosa? He's a bust for Scott, too. He's a yeah. bust for Scott. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's actually sort of <laughs> – You know what? I'll throw I'm, – I'm all in. He's a bust. I <laughs> agree. <laughs> Yeah, and again, you know, and I really want to stress that these things are relative because, you know, I say on the one hand, you know, Espinoza's got the more proven track record, and yet, yeah, I've, I've listed him as a bust because it's all an issue of expectations, and people look at Espinoza last year just like they look at Kipnis, they see the nice power for second base, and they think, but he's got to hit better than, than that for average. I don't think so. He's a fly ball <laughs> guy who, who goes for the fences, and I, I think that, you know, this might be pretty close to a ceiling. I just think that for people, it's not that he won't be worse than last year, but I think people think he's going to be a lot better than he's yeah. going
2: to be there's a point in the draft where that potentially underrated power speed comp combination is well worth pursuing but there is the risk of people overrating um his across the board contributions I-, I agree we saw it played out in the second half got off to espinoza got off to a great start last year was picked up in every league and then he tanked in the second half because the crazy strikeout rate uh his batting average just couldn't last and and I think that's going to be a struggle for him going forward. Who do you like better, Kelly
0: Johnson or Aaron Hill as a middle infield option? Who got the better mm. of the
2: trade?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Al likes Kelly Johnson, so I'll, I'll, I assume you like Kelly Johnson. I, yeah, I do. I mean, they both obviously have, have their risks, but Hill scares me to death after that power plunge yeah. last year.
2: What I don't understand about it, I, I don't know that Hill... Or anyone can decide what kind of player Hill is. He showed much more contact. He was much more of a contact hitter when he came over from the Blue Jays last year, kind of reverting to what he did at the very beginning of his career. But it's not like he was useful in fantasy at that early stage of his career. So there needs to be some kind of blending of the power and the batting average to make him worthwhile. And I'm not sure that he can have one without completely sacrificing the other. All right, that's Aaron Hill. So how about – do you have any more busts, Scott? Oh, yeah, I actually do. Oh, go nuts. <laughs> I'm just going to take Chase a break Utley. Chase Utley we talked about before. Um, Ryan Roberts is someone I see potentially being a bust. Again, it, it it just depends on how people approach him. But you're talking about a guy who hit 230 in the second half last year. I, I'm not sure they're going to be as willing to give him that many at-bats again if he does that. They have Ryan Wheeler coming up through the minors and, and Matt um, – Matt Davidson Davidson behind him. So, uh, yeah, I'm not counting on Roberts to repeat last season. Um, Okay. And Danny Espinosa. I guess that's it. Not as many as I thought. We covered them all. So, for deeper leagues,
0: for AL only, for NL only, who are we looking at? You know, Mike Avilas, number 24 here on this list. I like guys who go to Fenway, and he's got
1: a chance for a lot of playing time, doesn't he? He does. I mean, I'm a little worried about him because everything I see... Points to Punto maybe getting more playing time, but it's so early. And I, I think with a lot of guys, when you have a, a, a situation like that, and a, an analogy would be, you know, the Javi Guerra Kenley Jansen thing with the, the bullpen in, in LA, um, I, I just think the skills win out in the end. And even if it's not on opening day, you know, by May, the, 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 the better skill set wins out. And to me, that's Avilas. Yeah, but I think Punto is not a starting shortstop. Right? No, he's not. Right? And, and Avilas can be. Yeah. Okay. And yet Punto was the starting was second
2: baseman, right? For the World Series champion, St. Louis Cardinals. I feel like that was by default. And he did have a crazy yeah, I know. It, it was, season. Uh, yeah, Nick Puno doesn't
1: deserve the start. I agree. So, uh, <laughs> well, who else? I just and thought I should point that well, out. Well, that's a good yeah. point, and I totally slipped my mind. Now, um, I like Cavillis as, a, as an nail only guy. And I think he has potential to be a lot more if he can claim that job in spring training when people are still drafting. Um, I'd like to throw a couple other uh, AL names out. Um, Jamie Carroll in Minnesota looks like he's going to get some full-time at bats there. I don't see a lot of threat. to oh, his, yeah, good, his his playing time. And, good walk rate. I forgot yes, about him. very good walk rate. Um, so you know and, and consistent. And then another name. This is very very deep. But again, the situation you got to watch in uh, spring training is Baltimore. You know who's going to play second base for them? I don't have a lot of confidence. It's going to be Brian Roberts. Um, you know because of his health issues we've seen Robert Andino play there but I think they've got a rule five guy Ryan Flaherty who has a chance to win that job I also think he has a chance to get some playing time at third base and he's got some nice power skills for for a middle infield eligible guy so if it looks like he's going to see some playing time uh, in AL only leagues uh, pick up Ryan Flaherty
0: do you have any AL only players to add Scott or shall we move on? Uh, I got nationally? a couple
1: of AL only guys, Ryan Rayburn, there's some competition
2: there at second base for the Tigers. They're also trying Brandon Inge at the spot. Um but I think Rayburn having more experience there. You know, that he still shows he has that power potential. He never seems to do it at the beginning of the season, but I think if if you want to um invest a late pick in him in an AL only league, it could pay off down the line. I also kind of like Alexi Casilla. He's not going to blow you out of the water in any category, but he can steal some bases. And there was a stretch last year before he went down with a hamstring injury where he was looking like a 290 hitter. So uh, another deeper guy to look at in those deep formats. Scott, who you like in NL only leagues? I'm going to go with... Um, Well, Jose Altuve, who I mentioned before, because I think he can already hit for average. And and just judging by his minor league track record, there might be uh, some extra base power potential there. Um, And I also like Omar Infante as a deeper guy. We saw in the second half he got back to hitting over 300 like he did his all-star year when he was... Even a fringe mix league guy, so if he can do that over a full season with the marlins he'll he'll definitely matter in in all lonely formats
1: and al. Okay, I will uh, second Altuve and Infante. I like them both as NL-only guys and and going deeper and and I think very high upside here. Tyler Green for the Cardinals, who's going to have to compete with Daniel Descalso. Again, sort of similar to the Red Sox shortstop shortstop situation. (laughs) Tongue twister. Um, You know, I like Green's skills over Descalso's um, offensively. And, uh, you know, I think if he can see some regular at-bats, he could... uh, could make some noise. You know, you'll have to remind
0: me next week when we talk about short stops to um bring up my Ruben Tejada stat, but I read something very interesting about him and his on-base percentage last year, which was like awesome. And uh sets a very good precedent for his his potential. So I'm I'm looking forward. I read it in the New York Post in a Joel Sherman article. Um,
2: so just just wait for it. What I'll be waiting. <laughs> okay. I, well, I'm just trying to think of his numbers. I don't remember his on base percentage. I think, I'm being pretty awesome. sure it was. He's that's what makes it so you know. Yeah, that's what's going to blow my mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless I'm wrong, I don't think I am though. Uh, Didn't he have like a very high on base percentage?
2: It. I think it was in the 350 range, which is certainly that's good, solid. Um, but I feel like it was kind of inflated by a higher than expected batting average, maybe. Well, but it, we didn't get that specific. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what Joel Sherman
1: has to say. We'll see. <laughs> I I
0: hope I'm not uh, misquoting him. So just maybe uh, Joel
1: Sherman has his own you know stat, statistical metric system.
0: He's yeah. the best, so our, I, I trust him. Mike from <laughs> Mike from LA is our first email, and it's fantasy baseball at cbsinteractive.com. Fantasy baseball at interactive.com. Dear fantasy, Jeremy Linz. I had to start it out with this one, yeah, right? Yeah, you had to. <laughs> I just had my first real draft of the year. I was wondering if you could rate my pitching staff. 10-team mixed league. John Lester, round four. Giovanni Gallardo, round five. Michael Pineda, round eight. Anibal Sanchez, round nine. Brandon Beachy, round 11.
1: I like it. I think it's value, all good value all the way around. I think you could have taken each of those guys probably at least a, a round earlier. And... and also, just want to say I'm disappointed he doesn't have Ryan Vogel song because I've decided that Ryan Vogel song is the Jeremy Lin of Major League Baseball. <laughs> well, I think what's one.
2: what's interesting, I, I like the end, the Pineda, Anibal Sanchez, yeah. Brandon Beachy, all guys I target in my own drafts. I don't like Pineda. I, I, I'm not. You don't like him? No, I don't. The Yankees fan doesn't like him. I, I think he's going to disappoint. What are you projecting for him? I am projecting. Let's say fifteen wins, ERA in the three thirty to three fifty range. See, I'm, about thinking, a ERA in the, per I'm
1: thinking ERA in the low fours. No, I, th- I, I think he struggles. I'm a little, maybe a little higher area than Scott, but not much, and definitely not in the fours. He he pitched well on the away from Safeco last year. Not really. And I mean, I know the ERA doesn't show it. Oh, all right. Well, but that's yeah. th- that was more of a, I think that was like a, st- a runner-stranding issue. But the peripherals, and I, I should be. getting yeah, when I say pitched well, that's true. If you look at the results, you're like, he's, that's crazy. He didn't pitch well. But well like, if you at ten pounds looking, overweight right now, so e- e- I'm not e- liking that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. It doesn't work for CC Sabathia, either,
0: right? <laughs> well, no, that's the thing about Sabathia. He said he gained a lot of weight in the in during the season last year, and he struggled in the second half. His numbers weren't that
2: good, and now he's back down to whatever. I'll take both of them. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Just go ahead. And finish your points, Scott. I cut yeah. you off. So
2: I like that in three. I, I think the Lester Gallardo round four and round five, I, I would be just as happy with a, a Matt Cain or Ricky Romero combination. Throw a Madison Bumgarner in there. That I, I feel like you can get the same rotation at the back end waiting longer for starting pitching and it'd be. It'll end up being just as good on the front end. So I I don't necessarily like what he did specifically with Lester and Gallardo. So here is Pedro, a
0: Venezuelan living in Saudi Arabia. From across the globe, he's got a question about Shelby Miller. How much upside does he have? Will he significantly contribute in 2012?
2: Oh, he's got as much upside as any pitching prospect in baseball. I think uh, after Matt Moore, he's... uh, at least in the contest for best pitching prospect right now. And uh, as for whether or not he'll contribute this year, I think it's pretty likely he'll be up sometime before the end of the season. Um, I'm not necessarily going to draft him and stash him in the hope he's going to make an impact for my team.
1: But in NL in only leagues, maybe it's worth doing. There, there will be some waiver wire wackiness over him this year i guarantee whether it's mid-season or more towards the september call-ups uh yeah no, i think he's going to be a hot commodity
0: you have the waiver wire wackiness you have the weeks thing yep. from earlier you're all about the w today today's show was brought to you by the letter w <laughs> now pedro's thinking of making a trade in his very deep dynasty league i believe it is two separate trades so i will sum it up by saying this would you rather have in a dynasty league lincecum and brandon belt
2: or shelby
0: miller and mike stanton
1: I'd rather have Miller and
2: Stanton. Oh, man. I'd rather have Miller and Stanton, too, because I, I don't like the general direction Lincecum is headed, and I, I feel more confident in a hitter that's already broken out than a pitcher that's already broken out. So I'll take the Stanton side.
0: Dan in Minnesota. Is Carlos Gonzalez more like
1: the cargo of 2010 or 2011? 2010.5, and I know that sounds <laughs> like a total cop out, but it does. Yeah, but yeah, but he'll he will definitely be better than last year. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna you know see better better health from him. And I don't know where, that we're ever gonna see the 2010 version of him again, just because the batting average was kind of insane. Yeah, health was health is the key. Totally.
2: I, I mean, production wise, you really can't complain about what he did last, last year. year. If he's yeah. if he's healthy, he's a stud. You can complain because you took him as a first-rounder and he, he produced as no, what, like a second-rounder. I, I would argue that if—well, maybe not. I only say that because he's going in the second round. He's going in the second round because there's the expectation that he's going to miss some time. I, I think he is a first-round type player if he plays a full 150 games. I just don't trust him to do that. Okay. How about a question from Kevin? In my league, uh, I am my league's commissioner.
0: I'm considering changing to a head-to-head categories format this year instead of head-to-head points. Which of your sets of rankings are most applicable to this format, rotisserie or head-to-head?
2: Rotisserie, yeah.
0: Assuming it's rotisserie, are there any adjustments you would make to those rankings to suit this specific format? We talked about this. Yeah,
2: I would adjust for... um for health concerns, mainly, because you're still going to be having, you're, you're still got to worry about taking a loss within a short window. So you don't want to risk a guy going down early in the week or not being able to decide about him at the beginning of the week. With the roto lineup, you know, you can miss a week from the guy and it won't necessarily kill you the same way it will in head to head.
0: I think what we said was when you draft in a head to head categories league, you evaluate the players as if they were in roto, but your draft strategy should reflect a head to head
2: strategy. Right, because you're starting yeah.
0: three outfielders, so you don't want uh, to reach for out. You know, operating within
2: eyes. those evaluations, yeah.
0: Okay. Robert from the Valley. We're going to California for the next two here. Robert from the Valley. Could you give me some advice on which of these shortstops will have the
1: best season? Jed Lowry, Stephen Drew, J.J. Hardy. I would draft Hardy and uh, get somebody really healthy to put on reserves there because <laughs> all these guys are going to miss time. Okay. And Will in the O.C.,
0: I'm in a new six x six roto league. The extra categories are total bases and holds. Each of the ten teams start, each of the ten teams in the league start with rosters of three MLB teams. You must keep at least one player from each team and nine in total. I have Boston, Atlanta, and Houston. Any help on narrowing this down? What Astro is <laughs> worth the spot? <laughs> All right. So he has to, he has three teams: Boston, Atlanta, and Houston. He can keep up to nine, at least one from each team. Holds is a category. So is total bases. Which Astro are mm-hmm.
2: you keeping? And give him a starting point here. Yeah, I, I, I want to emphasize that I'm doing this off the top of my head. So hopefully you guys can check me if I miss somebody. Wandy Rodriguez is the Astro mm-hmm. that strikes me as the most valuable. So you might as well keep him. And and, and that's it. <laughs> no other Astros. Obviously you're keeping <laughs> a lot of Red Sox here. Um Adrian Gonzalez, Dustin Pedroia, Jacoby Ellsbury, uh, John Lester, um, you, Josh Beckett and, and Carl Crawford, I assume, would probably be on that list as well, but they're, well, now we're they're getting, lower but now, we're,
0: now we're getting into the Braves here. We're yeah. not giving ourselves right. any How, how many am I up to? Five, I think. You got one Astro, you got Lester, oh, you might be
1: more than that, Lester, yeah. Gonzalez, Pedroia, Ellsbury, so that's five. It's, okay. it's at a total of nine, you said. Uh-huh. Total right, because s- from the Braves, well, he, I mean, I think you got to make room for, for some of the pitching there. Um, well, with with Hudson, Tim Hudson expected to miss a month now. And Hanson just got concussed.
2: How yeah. about Kimbrell? I, I would, uh, I would I don't know that I'd—so hmm. they're, they're still doing a redraft from this point forward. I I, I think saves are still yeah. easy enough to get that I'd let Kimbrel go. Um, I think Hanson would be the only Braves pitcher w- worth keeping compared to the Josh Becketts and Carl Crawfords of the world. And uh, McCann. McCann, right. Um, it would take a
0: shot on Hayward?
2: Not, Probably not, not. Not over Crawford, right. no. And that then that Crawford and the Crawford cutoff is among those
1: players. Crawford's my last one. You so. don't eat Ugla because you're keeping Pedroia. I mean, I thought about it in terms of a middle infield spot. That's true. uh, All right, it is Roto. Yeah, but I still, I I probably wouldn't. I probably Um, wouldn't. I mean, you know, we we haven't really figured out what our nine are, but we have, what, four from Boston, one from Houston. mm -hmm. You know, are there four other? So, all right, we got, you said Hanson, McCann. McCann. Two more spots. Two more spots. I guess we do keep Ugla.
2: Well, Ugla and who else? It's Crawford, Beckett, Hayward. I think is what that last spot comes down to. I think I go uh, probably go Crawford there. So leaving off Beckett for Ugla or Crawford uh, in a roto league. Gotta get hitting in a a roto league. I think you do that. You gotta get hitting in the
0: roto league. All right. Bye bye
2: Beckett. Bye bye Hayward. Third base
0: coming up on Thursday. We'll talk to you then. See ya.